Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Money Watch ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It is Tuesday, March 15th, the Ides of March. And uh, Mark and I were just talking about Uh, watching some of the unbelievable coverage that we are seeing and hearing about the war in Ukraine. It's almost like the speed with which it's happened, you know, to see a million or two million people try to flee their homes within a couple of weeks. It's really, it's head spinning. And meantime, uh, you know, I've got my hands full, as you know, Mark, because I had to, poor Mark has to like deal with my crazy schedule, getting called back into work and doing segments. And, you know, a lot of people want to talk about the economic impact of this, which is very important. I know it's near and dear to you. However, Mark, last Monday, so a week, uh, a week ago, Monday, I was on the air with a number of radio stations and the number of people complaining about gas prices, it blew my mind. So what do you think I should say to those people? Get over it. Turn on the TV and see what's happening to these poor people and these poor kids and get over it. It's not going to be $5 a gallon for the rest of your life. Just get over it for a little while. And kind of like take a deep breath. I got a great note from somebody um, that came straight to me, Mark, not through our email system, someone who wrote me and said, you know, I've been poor my whole life and like gas prices go up, go down and you make choices. She, she says, you know, it's unbelievable to me that all the people I know who make a lot more money than I do are complaining the loudest. So also, if you are complaining and you've seen your stock portfolio rise over the last three years and your house price go crazy in the last 10 years, you know, shut your mouth, basically. You know, it's unbelievable to me. I just read a report uh, from the uh, National Association of Realtors, Mark. Uh, Middle income households gained $2.1 trillion in housing wealth in a decade. 
Okay. So like, can we please stop with some of our whining and get outside yourself? Do what you need to do. Like it stinks to have inflation and it stinks to have to confront that reality every time you fill up your car. So, you know, what I always say to people is you've got choices, make choices. If you have to drive because you're going to work, then you're going to have to make a choice about something else you can't do. And instead of complaining about that, um, maybe just, you know, don't take that big trip that you feel entitled to after your two years of lockdown. Maybe you scale it back a little bit. The life that we lead is about options and choices. So, if you're lucky enough to have those choices, and I don't know, Mark, I keep feeling like the people I'm hearing the loudest complaints from are those that have jobs and they're doing just fine. So if you're really struggling, then I want to hear from you and I want to help you out. But if you're just going to whine about your high gas prices as you hop into your Escalade and go take a road trip with your family down to wherever, you know what? Pipe down. I don't want to hear about it. Okay. How's that for a rant? Is that good? Yeah, inflation stinks, but it's a heck of a lot better than, you know, seeing your family killed and dragging your kids across the border. No kidding. I feel a little Jewish about this sometimes where I'm like, you know, it could be worse. And it does evoke a lot of anxiety among people who are first generation from any war zone and any type of conflict. And the people I know who are children of Holocaust survivors are all having like a little anxiety around this whole thing, just watching it. And, you know, it's like you reimagine what that would have been for you and your family, what you would do. I would have been long gone, Mark. I just want you to know I'm not fighting. <laughs> I am not fighting. I, I don't have the fight in me. I'm not, I would be, have been gone probably three months ago because you know me, I think the worst case always. You are a good leading indicator. Aren't I? It reminds me of the old joke. So uh, my friend is married to a Bulgarian guy. And uh, he's gone through a lot of hardship in his life. He literally escaped from, you know, behind the Iron Curtain, Bulgaria. We were talking to him. He's very, he's a little downbeat, okay? He's lived under many brutal regimes. He says, oh, you know the story about the Bulgarian optimist and the Bulgarian pessimist? I said, what's that? He says, you know, the, they meet in the middle of the street. I'll do it with his little accent. I won't get it quite right. So if you're a Bulgarian, I apologize. <clears throat> and he says, the Bulgarian optimist, the Bulgarian pessimist, they meet in the middle of the street. And the the Bulgarian pessimist says, my God, things can't get worse. And the Bulgarian optimist says, oh, not true. Things can get worse. That's me. <laughs> it can always be worse. It can always be worse. I know it could be better, but it could always be worse. So let's count our blessings, gang. All right. This is the show that takes the mystery out of your financial life. We're doing that today with Emma, who's on the line from Virginia. Emma, how did you like the Bulgarian optimist and pessimist? Are you an optimist or a pessimist? I'll, I'll take optimist today. I'll take are, that. Are you um, Are you feeling anxiety about high prices? You know, I'm. I think I'm very fortunate to not feel that anxiety right now. Um, I've worked tangential to politics for so long that I know these things are temporary, even though it's not fun in the meantime. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Like, it's true. It's like I'm going through a hard time. It's like there's a terrible storm. It's blowing around and we'll get through it and there will be another side of it. So what is it that brings you to our airwaves today, Emma? Uh, my husband and I are very fortunate to have had a decent 2021. We went from starting the year with a household income of $100,000, and we ended the year with a household income of $170,000. Wow. So, wait a second. How did that happen? Did you change jobs, or did you get raises, or did you get bonuses? <laughs> um, so we both changed jobs at different points, and then um, my husband got a promotion a couple 
months into his new job also. So kind of a transition from being entry career professionals to just sort of being in that mid-level of our career that just happened to hit at the same time. That's fantastic. How old are you guys? I'm 28 and my husband is 30. Okay. Do you have any kids? We do not and don't plan on having any for quite some time. Now, tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you're doing with all of your big time moolah (laughs) with your 170 grand. So let's start with the basics. Do you have an emergency reserve fund? We do, but it's been depleted due to a very sweet dog that we adopted that has had a never-ending string of health issues. So unfortunately, that's our priority right now is rebuilding the emergency fund. All right. So that's good. That's good to have a priority. Is there any debt that's outstanding? The only debt we have is a very small car note of $7,500. What's the interest rate on that? It's 5%. 5%? Yowza. Yes. Okay. Gee whiz. All right. Now uh, we're going to get rid of that. So, so far I've got a very, I mean, I'm hopeful that like all the money coming in will be used to number one, And two, concurrently, emergency reserve Mm -hmm. fund and the car debt. Do you guys rent or do you own? We own a condo. How much is it worth? It's worth four seventy-five. What is the mortgage that's on it? Um, about four ten. Do you know the interest rate? Two point eight five. Yeah, no extra payments (laughs) on that. Okay, good. How about retirement plans? You've moved around with your jobs, so tell us a little bit about what you've done for retirement and where those monies are now residing. So for my retirement, I have a 401k. I haven't looked at it for a few weeks, but I had 32000 in there recently. And that's a mix, about half and half of Roth and then traditional. And then I have a very small TSP with $3,000 in it. Okay. And I'm contributing 10% Roth at the moment. And then my office will match 1.5%. Okay. Now tell me about your husband. Yeah, so he has a TSP with about 20000 in it, and he contributes 5%, and his office matches 5%. Mm. And then he has a Roth IRA with $11,000 in it. With all this contribution level at your current income, which is great, is there any extra cash flow right now after the dog stuff has been taken <laughs> care of? Yes. Um, you know, fingers crossed we're done with the expensive medical bills, and I think our cash flow should be about $2,500 extra a month. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Is there anything else in your total asset base that I should know about? Is there a brokerage account in terms of like a non-retirement brokerage account? There is not. Okay. Anything else? Any parents to take care of? Siblings that are bust outs that are your responsibility? (laughs) No, we're very fortunate to have families that are all safe and secure and stable. So um, it's kind of just us. I'm I'm looking to spend this time kind of getting ourselves in line. Okay, good. Mark, what should they do with their 2500 a month? Should it all go to the emergency reserve or should it be split up? What do you think? Uh, first, I would get the emergency reserve back to where they think it needs to be. And then once that happens, then I 
think both of them should increase their retirement contributions at work. If they have the Roth options, I would use the Roth options. And if that still leaves you with excess cash, which I'm guessing it will, I would, then I would probably look at opening up a brokerage account. What about paying down the car debt? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, 5%. Yeah. After the emergency reserve, we got to get rid of that. Then I would do what I just said. There. So here we go. Three, three-pronged attack for you guys. Number one, 2500 How much do you think you need in an emergency reserve? Like what's your actual expenses, do you think? If we're being safe, I'd say like 5000 a month. All right. So, so all right. And, and you said there's like just a few thousand in there or really zero? It's a few thousand right now. You know what you need to do? We need six months in emergency reserves. So you need 30 grand in there, right? And that'll be great. You'll just, you'll bang that out, put it into the emergency reserve. I could almost live like, honestly, how about this? How about 2000 a month into the emergency reserve and an extra $500 on the car payment? Just because it's 5%, Mark, it's driving me insane. You know, let's get that paid down, okay? So 2000 a month in emergency reserve, 500 And when, you know, the emergency reserve is built up, or if you get some sort of bonus you don't expect, get rid of that car debt ASAP. Then everything goes into emergency reserve until you get your six months in there. Then... Mark's right. You got to increase your contributions to your retirement accounts and you'll be in great shape. You're young. You know, you're really young. I think that my guess is you said you're 28, he's 30. I think that probably by the end of this year, you'll have a lot of this stuff done, which is great. And then you'll increase your retirement contributions and you'll be ready to rock and roll. Now, do you have any life insurance on one another or does that come through work? We have it through work. Do you guys, when you say you make you 170 together, is it fairly split between the two about, or is one is one of you a larger wage earner than the other? Oddly, we are evenly split exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Do they need more than that insurance market? What should they do if they're going to, like maybe before she gets pregnant, they bump up the insurance or what? How do you, how do you manage that if you really don't have a kid yet? Once you know that, you know, you're going to be planning for a family for sure. I think coverage through work is probably fine for now. Yeah, that's what I think. And do you have wills? We don't. And I have a question about that. Let's go. Rock it. Okay. So um, from a previous stint in um, a government job, I had kind of been given the spiel on kind of what is like the the normal process that that things would follow. Say if I pass, the beneficiaries would go to parents, you know, parents to siblings, et cetera, et cetera. If we're both in a position right now where we don't have any dependents, is the will just to say we leave each other everything? So think about what you own together and let's go through that. So number one, you own a condo and I'm sure you own it with uh, jointly with rights of survivorship. So immediately, if one of you were to pass away, then that share that you own just passes by contract to the spouse. Okay. Same thing with the retirement accounts. That's the easy part. The diff- more difficult part is just stuff. Stuff has to pass through a probate court. And the will literally says all the other stuff that doesn't pass by contract. So anything that's not retirement, not a retirement plan, and not a piece of property or a house or a condo, then all that other stuff just goes to my spouse. So that's it. It's very easy to do. It's kind of just part of the process. The only other thing that's important here is, you know, that you all of your beneficiary designations are up to date because in some respects, your bigger risk is not so much like, oh, what happens if I die and then he gets everything, but more like if you both died together, where do you want your stuff to go? 
So make sure that those contingent beneficiary designations are up to date. And also that doesn't happen like with your condo. If, if I'm sorry to do this, very downer to do this, but like if you both die together, what happens to the condo? Where does it go? Who's going to get it? So that's what the will kind of contemplates. Now, the other thing is that a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy are two extra documents that are really important and probably more important at this point in your life than anything else, because I'm not saying that you're going to die, but uh, you could, you know, step off the curb, have a bus hit you and you break your back and you can't do stuff. And then you want to have a spouse who can make sure to basically do all the stuff for you on a financial basis. And if something really bad were to happen to you, you want to have a healthcare proxy so that you instruct your spouse or whoever you want to do the things you want to do to either maintain your life or not, whatever it is. So those are your three key documents. It's not very involved for you guys, though. It'll be very easy to do. You should just go to policygenius.com and uh, they have a, an estate planning module and you can use it. It'll be cheap. All right. I'm sold. All right. Another, <laughs> another happy, happy customer. Anything else that we can do for you? Um, one quick question I had about the retirement contributions. If we're able to contribute Roth to our employer accounts, would there be any benefit to doing a Roth IRA contribution instead of the employer? Definitely. Because right now you guys are in, your top bracket is 22%. Okay. You're going to be in that bracket, probably not for that much longer. You're probably going to go up to the 24% bracket, but while you're still, you know, at 170 to 200, I think that you're much better off using Roth. Do you agree, Mark? That I agree with, but I just want to make sure, were you asking, Emma, should you use the retirement plan at work or use a Roth IRA at a brokerage firm? Yeah, because I can contribute, both of us can contribute Roth to both at very low cost funds. So I didn't know if there was an advantage of the 401k as opposed to a IRA Roth. I think the 401k, eventually, once you guys take care of all the other stuff, the emergency reserve and getting rid of the car debt, with the 401k, you could potentially contribute up to $20,500 to a Roth through your workplace retirement plan. If you just use a Roth IRA, you can only do $6,000. And we'd rather you get there. So let's go. Listen, do me a favor. By the end of the year, check back in with us. I want to hear from you. And you're going to say to me, all right, I got the emergency reserve. The debt on the car is paid down. We're ready to increase our contributions. Like, just drop us a note. And of course, send us a picture of the dog because we want to make sure that you get little props on the website. Yes, absolutely. Thank you both. I appreciate this. Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, If you, like Emma, need some guidance, just do me a favor. Go to our website. It's called jillonmoney.com. You can click the Contact Us button. You can also sign up for our free weekly newsletter. What you cannot do is whine about high gas prices unless you're really struggling to make your ends meet. Then we will be willing to let you drop your complaint into the complaint department box. Mark, we should have like a little box that says complaint department. (laughs) You know, let us know. We'll be happy to field that. But not if you are in great shape. So if you're in really good shape, just take a deep breath, gang. We're getting through this. No one is dropping bombs on us, God forbid, yet. Put some good juju out in the universe. Um, Lift someone up that you know, of course. But let's put some good energy out across the globe to help people in need. Mark Talercio is the co-host and executive producer. We're distributed by CBS. We drop our episodes Tuesday, Thursday. Our mantra here, curiosity, compassion, community. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday.
If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.